Well, we have been in this series called Daniel. It's on the book of Daniel. In, in this book, it's about four guys, right? Primarily one, Daniel, right? And, and, and this situation's very similar to ours, right? They're taken in captivity, all these Israelites, from Israel to Babylon. And, and, and while they're in Babylon, God says, hey, you're going to be here for a little bit. And so you're going to have to learn how to live your life, raise a family, have a job, even though you live in this kingdom, uh, but you belong to this one. And it reminds us of our big so what throughout the series, which is how do we live for God's kingdom when we reside in this kingdom here? And so, so far we've talked about some incredible things, right? How do we not defile ourselves, right? E even if something's not a sin, even though it's not bad, is it good? Is it right for us? And last week, if you missed last week, I'm going to challenge you to go back and watch that message. It was a, a convicting, challenging message from Pastor Greg. But today we're in Daniel chapter 4 with me. So you can turn in your Bibles, Daniel chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, come find a staff member. Come find me. I want to get you one. Uh, if you have your iPhone, you can take out the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, if you have an Android, you can just keep that in your pocket. It's <laughs> my joke, right? Daniel chapter 4. Would you guys stand with me as we read this? Daniel 4, ch uh, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar, Right, that's first person, right? He is writing this, King Nebuchadnezzar, to the peoples, nations, and men of every language who live in all the world. May you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures forever from generation to generation. Father, I, I just thank you, God, that your spirit is here. And God, I'm going to ask you to speak to us in a way that I can. God, would you convict us today? God, would you break off anything that, that's, that's not of you today? And God, I'm going to ask you to humble me and humble us in this room. God, we pray this and we know that you can move in our lives. We believe this and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys can take a seat. Uh, Daniel chapter 4, right? We've been going through it, Daniel 4. I honestly, I think this is one of the most unique chapters in the entire Bible, right? We, we say this, every chapter is unique, right? The Bible's great. It is, right? But this is a very unique chapter. Why? Because when you look at our Bible from Genesis to Revelation, almost every chapter in our Bible is written by a Hebrew, a Jewish person, an, an Israelite, right? It's written from their perspective. But in Daniel chapter 4, we get a very different perspective, right? We actually get the perspective of a Gentile king, that's exciting. It's a little different, right? And, and what does that mean, right? We have this nation, this empire of Babylon, and it's probably the greatest empire the world has ever seen up until this time. And it's ruled by this king, Nebuchadnezzar, that we've been talking about. And he's probably the greatest emperor that the world has ever seen at this time. And what we get is the perspective of him writing this, this scripture to us this chapter in it. And so when you look at chapter four, it starts off with what we read, this great exaltation, his, his praise, his glorification to God. Man, you are so good. And then he says, but let me tell you how I got here. And so we get the testimony of a Gentile king in Daniel four. And, and in it, what, what Nebuchadnezzar says is he's, he's chilling at home, he's comfortable, he's prosperous. But then he starts having these visions and these dreams, and he starts freaking out. He says, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm in fear. I don't know what to do. So he, he calls all the wise men 
uh, of Babylon to him. And he says, here's my, here's my dream, interpret it, they can't. So he goes and does the one thing that he knows, Daniel can interpret my dream. And so he goes and he gets Daniel and he brings Daniel and he says, Daniel, this is my dream. And, 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 and Daniel says, whoa, whoa, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Let me interpret this for you. See, in his vision, there's this, this large tree with these leaves and it. it overlooks the ends of the earth. And in the tree are all the birds of the air and all the beasts and it provides food and shelter. And, and Nebuchadnezzar's like, yeah, that's me. I'm the tree, right? And, and, then, and then Daniel goes on and he says, hey, but it's so good, but there's going to be this messenger from God, this angel from God that's going to come down and he's going to scatter the birds, he's going to scatter the beasts, and he's going to cut down this tree. And what will happen is he will bind, it, it, there's going to be the stump that's left and he's going to bind it with iron and bronze. And he says, let me, let me tell you what this means in your life. See, you're the tree. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, yeah, that's me, right? I'm the tree. He goes, but, but there's going to be, because of your pride and you not realizing who you are and who God is, there's going to be an angel that's going to come down and he's going to uproot you, right? He's going to cut down your rule here. And what's going to happen is you're going to actually be reduced to that of like a beast. You're going to have claws and scales and feathers, and you're going to eat grass. It's going to be ugly, right? And, and he says, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. But remember that stump? Remember that stump? Because, because after seven years, what's going to happen is you're going to realize who you are and who God is, and he's going to restore your mind. Like he's going to bring you back. He's going to your, restore your kingdom, and it's going to be so much better than before. Right? And so we're looking at this life and the story of this chapter that Nebuchadnezzar writes, and I think there's something in it that can speak so clearly to us today. And, and the topic that we're talking about today, it's a frustrating topic for me. It's probably one of the most frustrating topics I can speak on, if I'm being honest. Why? Because we're talking about pride. Right? And, and, and who needs to hear a message on pride? Like the proud people, right? But they're like the very ones that probably won't listen to a message on pride, Right? And, and so I'll just be honest, man. I've been coming at this like, God, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm kind of frustrated this week because the people that need to hear this are probably the same people that are going to sit back and say, you know what? I don't need to hear this. Like, like I'm not prideful. I'm not arrogant. And it reminds me of, uh, you know, so often in Scripture when Jesus confronts the Pharisees, right? And, and what happens is he, they're the ones that need to hear what Jesus is saying the most, and they're the very ones that don't hear it. Why? because they don't have ears to hear. They don't have the ears to hear. And so there's this part of me that's kind of come to this message this week, if I'm being honest, with almost a sense of pessimism. Like, man, God, I, like, are the people that need to hear this message, are, are, are they going to hear it? And so I've been praying all week, like, God, God I'm, I'm praying, I'm like, God, would you, would you bring breakthrough in my life? Like, would you bring breakthrough in our lives? And, and today, this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, would you just be open just like open and, and please just consider the possibility that maybe you're proud. Like, like maybe just consider the possibility that, that you're the most arrogant person in here and that you need to hear this message more than anyone else. Like, can we be that open today? Right? Like to, to say maybe, you know what, like God, I might be totally proud and this message is just for me. Can we be that open and, and if you can't, I'll just let you know. You're probably proud, right? right. And, and, and I'll be honest, like, this is a kind of a frustrating topic for me because I, I've struggled with pride my whole life, 
Like, th- this is a sin that just plagues and plagues and plagues, and I fight and I fight and I fight. And it's hard and it's frustrating because I don't think people take it serious. Like, we don't take pride serious. We don't see it as this awful, terrible thing, right? Because I, I can get up here and I say, hey, man, I, I struggle with pride, and everyone's like, not in their heads. Yeah, you're young. You're the youth pastor, kind of figured, right? <laughs> kind of figured. But we don't take it serious. And what bothers me about this, I think, the most is what God says about pride. In Proverbs 16, 5, he says this, that pride is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. The NIV says this, the Lord detests the proud of heart. Right? That, that's like from God himself. And, and these words, abomination and detest, they, they create this, this picture of this person that's just cursed, like cursed by God, like so detestable in the sight of God that he can't even look at them. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be that person that God looks at and he says, man, he's just so into himself. Like he's just, he draws so much attention to himself, I can't even look at him. So this message, it's, it, it's, it's hard for me to preach because I think this is such an awful sin. And, and, and in fact, like if I come up here and I can say, hey guys, I confess, like I'm prideful, right? You're, you're like, yeah, yeah, kind of figured, Right? But if I were to come up here today and say, hey, guys, I've been struggling with lust. It's really bad. It's really bad. Actually, I'm up here. I'm checking a lot of you guys out. You'd be like, whoa, gross, right? Some perverted pastor up here. <laughs> right? And you'd be like, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable going to that church, right? Why? Because like, some sins we see as so disgusting, and yet I can come up here and I can say, man, I, I struggle with pride. And we go, ah, uh, who doesn't? Right? That's kind of our mindset. Man, who doesn't? So today, uh, I, I think this is just such a sad truth that we just don't see pride as this bad thing, especially when we look at our world around us. Take society, America, for example. Happy Independence, Happy Freedom Day. Right? We encourage pride. Right? Talk about bondage. We encourage it. We give it different titles. We say, hey, believe in yourself. Self-esteem, build yourself up. Right? But it's pride. Like, that's what that is. It's you trying to elevate yourself in this place, put yourself higher by yourself, and it's pride. And, and, and I just, I don't want to ruin the vibe of your 4th of July, but I feel like, like this is so serious. Like, because I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be detestable in the sight of God, right? And so today, I have a couple points, and I'm just going to ask you, like, can we just put ourselves in this posture of, man, I need this. Like, I need to hear this. I personally, as Hunter, like, I need to hear this. I got a couple points if you're taking notes. The first point is this. You are a spotlight. Like, you are a spotlight. What do I mean by this? Um, the, the great author and theologian, some of you guys know, C.S. Lewis, right? Uh, he, he wrote this, right? He, he said, he, once he called pride the great sin. The great sin, like, that, that seems pretty extreme, right? But what does he mean by the great sin? Because everywhere that pride exists, it, there's just all of this destruction. It causes all of this corrosion, all of this cancer in, 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 in us. And, and what you see all throughout history is you see Satan and, and Lucifer and his relationship with God. And what happens is his pride gets in the way, and he doesn't want to reflect the glory of God. He wants to receive the glory of God. And so what happens is there's this separation. You look at us as humanity in our relationship 
relationship with God in the very beginning, Adam and Eve, and God had this plan and this purpose for humanity, and what happens is Adam and Eve say, we want to do it our way, and their pride created this destruction, this like this destroying factor between humanity and God, and then you look at us and our relationships to everyone around us, and our pride continues to get in the way. It continues to eat away. It continues to destroy. And so we have a choice. We have a spotlight. I love this thing. Got a little exit sign back there. Got a baptism tank, right? And this is, like, this is what we should do every day. Just point our spotlight at the cross. I just, just be the person that's pointing my light at the cross and saying, hey, you know what? Just look to Jesus. Look to Jesus, right? Look at God. Look at God. Like, hey, my back's to everyone. Don't draw attention to me. Just look at God because he is so deserving. And this is what I was created for, to lift him up. But this isn't really what we do, right? If I'm being honest, we do this. Hey, look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what I'm doing. Look how great I am, all these things. This is what we do. Look at us. Look at all these things that we've done by our power. Look at this church that we've built. Man, what what are you pointing to? Like, what does your life do? And are you the person that's, that's saying, you know what, behind me, I, I pray when people see me, they, they see the cross. Are you someone that says, man, look at me? And, and, and sometimes we can think like, this is just the person that thinks they're so much greater and have this huge ego. But, but like, you might be saying, well, I don't think I'm that great. It's okay. You can still be prideful. Like, you can still struggle with humility. Like, it, it might look like this. Well, look at me. <laughs> I'm pitiful. I'm terrible. Look at my life and how terrible this is. Man, I'm awful. I'm ugly. Look at me. Help me. Counsel me. Talk to me. Talk to me, 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 me. And this is how we get when it becomes about us and not about God. And the question is, man, like, what is your life? What do you look like? Right? Are, are you someone who's saying, you know what, I need to take this off of me, and I need to put it on them, like take care of them, help them, help them. We need to point at God, not myself, but on them. And the question, the, the, the thing today is, man, you're a spotlight, and you're pointing at something. You're always pointing at something, but what are you pointing at? Are you pointing at yourself, or are you saying, man, look at me, look at my life, my accomplishments? Are you saying, man, I want to get out of the way because I just want to point at God? Uh, point number two today, <laughs> so elementary, I love that, love the, the spotlight, thanks for letting me be a child. Um, point number two today is, is your pride is killing you. Your pride is killing you. Uh, Francis Chan, he's a pastor, he, he asks this question all the time. He, he says, would the people around you, would they say that you're humble? Like, would the people around you say that you're humble? Like, is that what you're known for? Right, because, because humility and pride, it's elusive, right? And, and I've heard it said like this, that pride is like bad breath. Everyone has it, but you don't know you do, right? And you're like, <gasps> right? It doesn't work. It, 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 that never works. And it's the same thing with pride. We, we can never see it in ourselves. And so I think this question is so vital, man. Would the people around us, the people closest to us, would they say that we're humble? And maybe you're like me, and you're like, I need to ask the question, am I proud? 
like daily, I've gotten to this point where almost by the hour, I'm like, am I proud? Is there something inside of me that wants to elevate myself and I'm losing track of where my position with God is? Man, maybe you need to ask yourself that question. Am I proud? Am I proud? Today, I want to I want to give you some practical things because we can talk about pride, but if you're like me, you're like, ah, I'm prideful once in a while. But I want, to, I want to give you five different symptoms that I think, this isn't exhaustive, but I think are so easy to see in our lives that maybe we're like, ah, you know what? Maybe I am struggling with this. If you're taking notes, number one, the first symptom is oversensitivity, right? If you're prideful, you might suffer from oversensitivity, right? We want to be sensitive to emotions, to, to people, to, to, to the Holy Spirit, but oversensitive people always overreact. They always overreact. And, and you'll become hurt, you'll become uh, irritated, you'll become offended. And if you're easily hurt, easily irritated, easily offended, then you might be struggling with pride. Number two uh, is, is bitterness, right? What, what, you guys know anyone in here that, that, well, not in here, but you probably know someone who struggles with bitterness, right? Because they can never let go of their hurt and their anger. It's almost impossible for them to forgive. And what ends up happening is their hurts become more important than their marriage, their families, their friends. And, and you end up out of your hurt, your hurt, the bondage of things that have happened in the past, you miss out what God has for you in the future and you begin to destroy all the relationships near you. Bitterness destroys. Number three, if you're struggling with pride, a symptom might be that you're a complainer. Anyone a complainer in here? Got one hand? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being honest. The rest of you are just liars. That's okay, right? <laughs> like, you might be a complainer. Why? Because, because you're arrogant. And, and you, you see what someone else told you to do, asked you to do something, and you just want to complain because you feel like you can do better. And even if you can, it's still your pride, Right? Number four, this is my favorite one. Oh, bad listener. If you struggle with pride, you might be a bad listener. This is mine because I struggle with this. Uh, Haley and I, um, we're, we're coming up on four years of marriage. We're like kind of complete opposites, uh, very complimentary, one-two punch. I love, love it. Um, but the most fun times in our marriage, like, you know, like the fun times have been every time we've moved. Like from apartment to apartment, from buying a house to selling a house. And it's not the moving part. It's where we decide to put the furniture. Anyone else like that? Right? Ugh. And what happens is, is I'm opinionated, and I have my opinions, and she has her opinions, and she's probably right. But we're just bad at listening. We're just bad at it. And, and what happens is if, is if you're a bad listener, if your pride is in the way, you will... You won't consider other people's opinions, feelings, and perspectives, right? Number five, I want to give you this. This might be your favorite. Uh, if you are struggling with comparison, you might be prideful, right? If any of you in here have already said, oh, man, thought to yourself, I, I just wish this person was listening. Or, I just wish this person was here. You're proud. Because <laughs> you are comparing your pride to the pride of someone else, right? You know what? You, you know who's the worst group at this? Like the worst group? It's parents. We're the worst at this. Why? It, it, it starts off with the innocent little comments that go, hey, babe, we're not perfect parents, but, 
We're not perfect parents, but John and Michelle's kids are crazy, right? They're going to end up in prison if they don't change, right? And you're like, oh. Right? And what happens is, is, is that we actually, we actually, out of our pride, we, we lift ourselves up and we put others down because it makes us feel better about ourselves, right? And, and, and so hopefully this is not an exhaustive list. Maybe you have one or two or it's like Pokemon, you've collected them all, right? But like, like <laughs> it's the best joke. I like it, right? But the thing is, thanks. The thing is, is, is that sometimes we don't always recognize pride because we see it, it's so close to our life that we just overlook it. And, and, and sometimes you don't recognize it because we think maybe it's the person who stands up and they're like, oh man, look how great I am. Look at all my accomplishments. But, but, and that's the easy example. But, but I, I've heard people say, man, I, I don't struggle with pride. I'm depressed. Yo, pride is the cause of depression. Think about it, right? You can't stop talking about yourself. You can't stop thinking about yourself. You can't stop thinking about your problems, your life, how terrible it is. And, and, and even if it is, you can't get your mind off of yourself and onto others. Pride is the cause of depression. Maybe you're like, well, I'm not depressed and I'm not prideful. I'm just stressed out. You're stressed out because you're proud. You're stressed out because you're proud because you feel like it's in your hands. Like, like that you have the ability to change something and so you spend all this time overthinking how to get out of it, but really it's your pride. It's your pride. And, and, and man, pride can just take so many different forms and I don't want to be up here for too long, but, but pride, it's killing us. Your pride in your life, it's killing you. It's affecting the way that you see other people. It's affecting the way that they see you and it's also affecting your spiritual life because pride is like a cancer. The more that you don't realize you have it, the more that it's there, it just eats away, and it just grows, and it just separates you. I better hurry this up. Sorry, I'm running out of time. I got two points. So next point, I have a big so what for today, and, and this is going to be like a different type of big so what. This is more of something that I just want us to think about this week, right? Is God, don't, don't make me humble because I, I want to be humble. Make me humble because I want your grace, Right? If you forget everything else, like we want to be humble. Everyone in here wants to be humble, but, but don't make me humble because I want to be humble. God, humble me because I want to experience your freedom. God, I want to experience your love. I, I want to experience your grace. Right? That's our big so what. And, and I'm going to just, oh man, I might cry. Um, man, this... Uh, it's like not easy to get up and speak on a topic that you feel like you're like the worst at. And this week, man, my, my prayer life has changed. Like it really has. Because I started thinking about this. I started thinking about how badly do I want humility in my life? Right, like we all say like we want humility. No one in here like wants to be proud. But how badly do you want it? Because humility, it usually comes from suffering. It usually comes from God humbling us. And if I'm being honest, my prayer for years has been, God, don't humble me. I want to do it myself. Don't do it like I've seen you do it before, right? 
I want to try to do this myself. So arrogant. <laughs> so, so I've, I've been in the past, I've like gotten on my knees and I've just prayed and, and I've cried out and I've confessed and oh, I'm trying to humble myself. And this past week, I just got to this place in prayer where I, I just said, God, do whatever it takes. Like, do whatever it takes to humble me. Who am I to think that I can do that myself? Right? Who are we to think that, man? Like, if this is so detestable in the sight of God, man, I'm going to need his help. And it got me to this point where I, I'm, I'm afraid of pain. Like, I'm, I'm afraid of suffering in my life. Like, I'm afraid of humiliation. But I'm more afraid of my pride. I'm more afraid of the separation from God. And I want him to dwell with me. I want to be a person that he looks upon and he says, man, you have my grace because you're humble. Not because you try to elevate yourself, but because you're humble. Would you guys stand with me today? Man, I, I, I look at, um, I'm going to jump back to Daniel. I look at this king who's accountable to no one else and he starts off this chapter by saying, man, how great God is. He's amazing. He's so wonderful. But a lot of us, we're like Nebuchadnezzar. We want the end to be this glorification, but we really want to humble ourselves. And and I'm just going to be honest today. Like, I don't think we can do it ourselves. And so maybe we're going to have to go through a season where God's going to have to humble us. And we're going to have to pray an audacious, bold prayer and say, God, do whatever it takes. Like, whatever it takes, would you humble me? Would you guys just bow your heads and close your eyes around here? I don't know about you. I don't feel like I'm the only one in here that can just be like, hey, you know what? Pride is this thing that I just keep seeing in my life. And there's this thing that just keeps eating away at my relationships, and it's me. It's my pride that keeps getting in the way. And maybe you're in here and you're saying, man, God, whatever it takes, would you just humble me? If that's you in here, would would you just raise your hand? God, whatever it takes, would you just humble me? There's hands all over this room. Come on. I just want to pray for you guys right now. Father, I thank you so much that, that God, your Holy Spirit, it speaks to us. And God, even though we try to get in the way, even though we try to do these things on our own, God, you have a way of always bringing restoration, of always bringing this humbling aspect to our life. God, of always calling us back to the submission under you to this place of of repentance, to this place of conviction, to this place where, God, we know who we are and you are. And God, I just pray for those in this room that maybe pride has been this thing that they've they've just been struggling with. God, would you bring your freedom today? God, I'm just gonna pray this prayer over me and them. God, would you do whatever it takes? Whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes, God, would you remove us? Would you, God, even if it's the pain, if it's the suffering, if it's the humiliation, God, would you do whatever it takes to just get us in a place, God, where we can just love you? Not us, not us, not drawing attention to us, but just you. 
God, I want to be someone who points my spotlight at you. God, I thank you for the freedom that you're bringing today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.